0: Good afternoon, good evening, my name is Marty Plum I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, a weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 202. And fresh from the recently cultivated harvest of north-central Iowa is Brandon Schwab, the head girls basketball coach at Algona Bishop Garrigan High School in the Diocese of Sioux City, on the fringes of the Diocese of Sioux City. But it's still in there, you know, so uh, Coach Schwab, really excited to talk to him today. Uh, before we talk to Coach, though, of course, we want to thank our founding sponsor, Cossack Chiropractic, located at 144th and Maple here in Opa, Omaha. Coaches, if you or any of your athletes are struggling with balanced neck or spinal issues, have them go see Cossack Chiropractic here in town. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter handle, so be sure to follow us there. Uh, if you like this, if you're listening, download, rate, review, give us a five-star review. Uh, go do that stuff. Just please. It's Spotify, all, all that other stuff. I don't know. Uh, but go check it out. Uh, when you do that, we move up in the rankings. When when somebody says, I want to find a basketball coaching podcast, a pen and a napkin jumps up those rankings if you give those really good reviews and those five star reviews. So please be sure to do so. And of course, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Coach Schwab, fine Sunday afternoon here. We're you had a really really busy week my week wasn't as busy as yours but uh you know how how are things in in Algona Iowa USA uh, today
1: things are good beautiful day this uh, this weather's been pretty amazing around here to be uh, you know halfway through December and uh, we're still seeing you know 50 degree days during the week and uh, sun out and uh, no snow on the ground so you know the weather's been good and uh, off to another season of hoops
0: yeah. Yeah, makes makes your job easier when you don't have all of that, you know, Mother Nature not interfering with your basketball schedule a little bit at least.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. I I don't like making making up games or having snow games before Christmas because we usually find some in North Central Iowa sometime after Christmas break.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I growing up on the uh, Highway eighteen, uh, you know, hour forty five, two hours west of there. Yeah, that 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 bitter cold coming out of the uh the Dakotas and Minnesota that's that's no fun to deal with from time to time That 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 is it's cold you can admit it it's it gets cold up there
1: yeah there's a different bite to some of them north winds after <laughs> in January February there's there's definitely a different bite to them yeah
0: I always tell my wife you know uh moving down here to Omaha two hours south of where I grew up it's like this is, this is tropical winters compared to some of those winters that, uh, you know, and, of course, it was uphill both ways and, and five miles to school. Even though I lived in town a block away from middle school, it still was five miles away, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's a good place to be. It's a good place to grow up. And, and speaking of which, Coach, uh, let's dive in here. Uh, let's get going. And, and uh, for, for the folks that, that don't know about your basketball journey, uh, Brandon, tell us a little bit about yourself and and how you grew up and and how you ended up being the uh, girls' basketball coach there at Bishop Garrigan High School.
1: Well, I had uh, graduated from a small school that's no longer a school district, uh, core with Wesley Laverne, which is about uh, um, sixteen miles uh, um, east southeast of uh, of Algona, uh-huh. and uh, graduated from there and uh, went on to uh, Nyack to. Uh, go to school and uh went two years at NIAC and uh, uh found myself uh my sophomore year at NIAC of uh, coaching basketball junior high at mason city newman was my first coaching gig at mason city newman i was the eighth grade basketball coach as a 19 year old kid coaching uh you know 14 year old boys so i got mm-hmm. that started there and then i transferred to uh, uh university of northern iowa sure. to uh with my teaching degree and uh while I was when I in that transition from moving um I was looking for just any type of coaching job that was open and there happened to be a uh assistant girls basketball at Jessup which was uh you know about uh, 16 17 miles uh, from you and I mm-hmm. and I jumped on uh, a staff with Tim Kelly and Jim Gillespie at uh Jessup and uh for 4 years I was an assistant under those guys and uh um, then, well, while I was working on my teaching degree, and then uh, I finished my teaching degree and a um, teaching job and uh, head girls basketball came open at Vinton Shelsburg, so uh, took a teaching job at Vinton and uh, and head girls basketball for four years there at Vinton uh, Shelsburg, and um, after that, uh, was, uh, an opportunity came up to me that I was able to get back to a family farm and uh come back and farm with my uh with my late father and uh got to come back and move back with my my wife and then kid two kids and um uh hopped on as an assistant coach at uh, Algona High School there just wasn't any head openings around our area um when I moved back and uh um I jumped on as an assistant at Algona for two years and then uh I got approached from Bishop Garrigan about possibly uh, they were going to have an opening as their head girls basketball coach, and uh, here I am, 15 years later, with the yep. uh, head girls at uh, Bishop Garrigan.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. You know, you uh, you were a teacher. Uh, how long did you yep. teach for, Brandon?
1: I taught for, uh, I taught for about, uh, six years and then, uh, I still sub teach in the, in, in the winter time at Bishop Garrigan. So, uh, outside of my farming season, I still do some substitute teaching, but, uh, no more full time for me. Uh, so my winners are, uh, a hundred percent moving grain, uh, substitution and, uh, and coaching
0: basketball. So I, I got a lot of time to spend on film and, uh, <laughs> uh,
1: practice plans. And, uh, you know, uh, during the winter time, it's a good gig for, for me. And, uh, I'm able to spend a lot of a lot of time at it during the winter months.
0: Yeah. So, so what have you, you know, kind of, it, it's a, it's a different deal and, 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 uh, you know, obviously I grew up in a small town. My, my father-in-law was a farmer. My brother-in-law took over the farm, uh, after my father in law passed away, so obviously very familiar with with the with the farming aspect. Uh, you know what what for you are are some of the the positives of kind of having a unique occupation when you know a, a non traditional occupation when it comes to your your full time job and combining that with your your head coaching duties and and maybe what are some of the negatives of it at times? Well,
1: you know some of the positives are you know we don't uh, once. Once we get uh, all the field work buttoned up, uh, um, I'm able to devote quite a bit of time during the winter time to, you know, um, scouting teams, practice preparation, um, you know, getting myself better by, you know, um, learning different drills. Uh, you know, I spend a lot of time on championship video watching. You know, I like to bring new drills, new things to practice each week of that kids haven't done before. You know, I, I try to keep things up upbeat and practice and and put new things in all the time of uh different drills so i'm able to spend a lot of time on that you know some years some of the challenges are you know weather. um if we get a wet fall and uh restart basketball practice say the 7th of november and i'm not done in the field so yeah. uh then it's it gets a little challenging there you know for them however long until i get out of field of balancing uh you know harvest and uh tillage and uh, then stopping to go to basketball and you know that can be a challenge sometimes uh
0: yeah. with that. It, that you know that can be uh you know for a lot of coaches that first those first couple of days of practice you know they're they're always so stressful but i imagine for you in that situation it's like oh i finally get out of the cab of the combine and and uh, i get to relax for a couple hours going to basketball practice
1: yeah absolutely i you know i uh i i I, I love uh, spending a lot of time in basketball, but yeah, and uh, when you're in the combine all day, it is sometimes nice in those first couple weeks to get out, go to practice, and then come back. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, mm-hmm. you know, finding that balance, you know, with uh, with farming and uh, basketball, sometimes can be stressful both ways. But it's, luckily, we've had some nice dry weather the last you know four or five years in the, in the fall that we've been able to have everything. Pretty much buttoned up by the time basketball
0: starts. Yeah, um, what what do you miss? I, is there anything that you miss about being in the classroom full time?
1: You know, I'd say what I miss is just being around the kids during the day, um, outside of basketball. You mm-hmm. know, um, you know, you, you get you get to see them every day in basketball practice but it's you know basketball practice is you know intense it's a uh, you know coaching intense and uh you know you see them there but you don't see them a lot outside of that practice you know i miss uh-huh. you know sometimes and that's part of the reason why i still substitute teach in the winter time is uh i get to be around those kids outside of basketball uh-huh. you know i get to you know see them during the school day and talk Talk to them about other things other than just basketball. So you know, I miss just the interaction outside of the sport with the
0: kids. Mm-hmm. You uh, you, you talked about some of the influences that you had and and some of your earlier jobs. Let's let's go through a couple of names here. Uh, Tim Kelly. You mentioned Tim, I believe, uh, just a little bit ago. Uh, wh- what are some things that you've taken from from Tim and, and applied there to your Garrigan program?
1: You know, just. You know, Tim Kelly and Jim Gillespie were, you know, two of kind of co-head coaches at uh, Jessup when, and they, they kind of, you know, made me fall in love with basketball coaching and uh, the preparation of coaching. You know, they were very good about scouting teams, putting scouting reports together, teaching um the um, other team's offense to the scout team, and you know, I just really fell in love with like uh, the scouting aspect, the prep, the preparation of um, having your team prepared. I remember a time, you know, at, uh, at Jessup, a year we had uh, had a nice team, and we were ranked, I think, you know, fifteenth in the state, uh, and and we ended up having to play uh, the number one team uh, that year, Makoka Valley, at Makoka Valley in districts, the second round of districts. So um, I remember spending so much time with those guys, watching yeah. film, um, getting getting the uh, um, yeah. scout team ready, getting all of their out-of-bounds plays down, getting all their yeah. sets down and teaching that to the scout team. And we were really prepared that night. We were ended up beating number one de Valley second round in districts at their place. And it was, you know, that was just a moment that, you, you put all that hard work into scouting and, and your kids execute perfectly for one evening. And, uh, you know, that really just kind of made me fall in love with uh, that type of preparation that uh, we, we did that yeah. and kind of made me addicted to it, you it,
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. Just that kind of uh, what, what I call the drug of winning, you know,
1: and yeah, and,
0: and, yeah. And, 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 you know, is, is that what you're kind of talking about there?
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, just, you know, the reward of, You know, that feeling of you put so much time in and then your kids execute so well that one night. I mean, we might have beat them one out of ten times that year, but we got them the one night. And, Uh you know, all the out-of-bounds plays, I remember us calling out as coaches exactly. they they run out-of-bounds play Alabama or something. And we were able to, as soon as he called that out, tell the kids exactly where they're going to it. Every set they had that oh. they called out, they were a set team. We were, as soon as they their coach called it out, oh. we were calling it. We were, our players knew exactly what where the ball was going, what they were looking for, and beating them to the spot. I mean, we did that for four quarters. And, uh, you know, it was pretty rewarding when it's done.
0: Yeah. Uh, how about uh, Rich Hawk?
1: You know, Rich was a state championship uh, uh, basketball coach at Cedar Falls, and when I I met Rich when I took the Vinton job, he was my junior high girls job. He had had been a head coach for years and won a state championship at Cedar Falls, and he was my junior high girls basketball coach, so, I mean, it was um, having that knowledge of a head coach that, uh, in the junior high, we just, we had a lot of, uh, you know, across the um, table pen and a napkin type of conversations, <laughs> of, you know, just different things he used to do with his team and, uh, you know, different ways he approached it. And I just, you know, got addicted to learning the game from some pretty good guys that, uh, you know, like to talk basketball, like to, you know, uh, I love to pick guys' brains of, you know, what they do with their teams. And I like to watch how they prepare for different things. I, I go to a lot of different, uh, I'll go to some practices of you know Iowa State women mm-hmm. Iowa women you and I women and just watch and I like seeing that stuff and just being able to sit across the table and pick a guy's brain about different things he did with his posts and guards and you know what did he do against the uh, box in one and what did he do and you know I just just more fall in love with the game with knowledgeable guys
0: mm-hmm. how important is it to have those type of mentors and and just getting you, set and and ready to go in the right direction like you you had a passion for it obviously and and your story kind of sounds a lot like mine where you had this passion for it i mean weren't really maybe necessarily sure how to channel it and and then you kind of end up in a couple of the right places at the right time and 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 it kind of sets you on your path there and and you know how important is that for a young coach
1: you know i think it's really important you know that when you get involved with coaching, you know, it can go so wrong nowadays, you know, with, you know, with parent problems, with, um, you know, maybe inheriting a program that's not very good and maybe getting a slow start into your career. And, um, you know, I remember my first head job at Benton Shellsburg, my first year, we went three and uh, like 20 Mm. on the season, you know, and, 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 you know, just that long year of, not having a ton of talent on your team and uh you know being around the right guys to get you through that you know um uh, bouncing ideas on and you know um and somebody to you know vent to that understands and has been through that before you know because uh, yeah. um, it can be a lonely time on your first job and not maybe prepared enough for that first job and you're jumped into it and uh you've got uh, parents asking things you've got uh, you know you're off to a one in ten start at Christmas break and how you stay to the grindstone and make, you know, simplify things is um, a good, a good way to bounce off of, you know, different uh, coaches and mentors that
0: I've had. Yeah. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the A Pin and a Napkin video library. What uh, you know, speaking of that process, you know the the last few years, it's it's been a heck of a ride for you. And, and we're gonna get into kind of uh, you know a couple of the specific kids here in a little bit. But uh, you you've you've been in four straight state championship games, which is a dream come true. I mean, to be you know, you get to the last night of the season, you're still playing. That's there. You know, nothing can beat that. Uh, but you uh, and you've you've been on the winning side the last two years. Uh, but you had to go through a couple of really painful uh, experiences on that Friday or Saturday night uh, before the last couple of years. You you you, uh, you know, you had the one year where you had the really, really big lead and Newell Fonda made the frantic comeback to beat you. And, and then uh, the following year. You know, Coach Junger's that wily old fox that grew up four miles south of Sheldon, Iowa. Uh, you know, he uh, came up with a really good game plan, and he he told me, Brandon, uh, he goes, "That's the best." I think any of my teams have ever played that have followed a game plan. I don't know if we've ever played a better game than what we played that night. So, uh, I know that one still burns with you probably, but uh, at least you have that consolation that it's (laughs) it's probably the best game he's ever played. But you know, you had to go through a process and your kids had to go through a process of, of learning how to, to win a championship, to get over that final hump. You know, what was that? Uh, what was that like going through it? Uh, what did you learn from that process Uh, you, you know, how did those two championship game losses really help set up the two titles that you've won the last couple of years?
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's a combination. I'm glad to hear that uh, Coach Jungers uh, put his best execution game of his career into me. Uh, it really makes me uh, <laughs> kind of feel uh, inside, uh, you know, uh, you know, you lose back-to-back state championships and one at the buzzer. Yep. You know, I mean, it, it, it's not the easiest thing to do. I mean, yep. it, it's, uh, you know, when you're that, when you're scratching that close and, uh, and, and especially that first year where, you know, arguably probably maybe was uh, one of my most talented teams and Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to lose at the buzzer, we got in foul trouble and, you know, just to lose at that moment and have that 15 point lead in the second half, just watch wither away is a hard thing to do from the sidelines, you know, and you know, you know, some things that I guess I learned the first two years is how everything has to tie in to winning a title. Mm -hmm. And that, And that's your locker room. That's you know your preparation for each game. That's you know how you get along with and communicate with your parents. How you get along communicate with your um, um, administration. How how everything to win it has to be so right. Mm -hmm. You 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 can't. There's no miss. There's there's no um, room for error. Um, to win a state championship. So yeah. I guess, you know, after the first two years, you know, I really focused on the last two years of um, making sure everything was right. Mm-hmm. You know, making sure that, you know, our parents were all on the same page of what was going on, all of our rotations, our kids, our locker room. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about how to win a state title. I My assistant, Joe Bartolo, is outstanding. We at weekly meetings with him of just, you know, talking outside of, you know, what it takes to win and Mm -hmm. how our locker room has to be. And, you know, different, uh, you know, we play different video clips on, you know, um, the winning difference and, you know, and, and talk about that stuff, about, you know, how each member of the team is so important. Even if you're not seeing minutes, play your role as being that, energy person in the locker room and, and and play that role of making sure you're the 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 hype person given a high five and and the kids really bought into that they you know the last two years kids didn't worry about what minutes they didn't play uh-huh. they worried about nothing but winning uh-huh. you know and you know the first couple years we went through of you know i want more minutes here i want more minutes here yes but you know i understand and and Instead of fighting that, we talked about that all through the season of, you know, your three minutes are as important as Audie and Molly's 32 minutes that night. So buy into that. That's what the team is asking for you. So I guess just learning that how perfect you have to be to win one and how intact your team has to be is as sometimes an overlooked thing. Everyone can say, well, you had Audie Crooks and Molly Joyce. Yes, we did. We also had them the first two years that we lost it too, yeah. and we weren't the first two years all on the same page as a group, as our parents, as our team, as our coaches, as everything to, to get the job done, and uh, we grew up from there and learned some things.
0: Mm-hmm. Was, there, was there anywhere specific that you looked to to help unify that message? Uh, was it, was it, uh, a particular coach? Was it a particular program? Was it a little bit here and there? Uh, you know, just, just how did you put it all that together?
1: You know, I just, uh, I don't know if it got me and my assistants had some ideas that what we had to change, mm-hmm. you know, we had to change it. We, you know, we start putting more importance in, I feel from the first two years until now of our JV teams mm-hmm. and putting importance in how they play mm-hmm. and putting importance on you know every practice. Even if you're the number 15 on the team, if you had a good practice, being able to um, say that to your team about that person and and just really we wanted to do everything we could to pull the team together to. Not worry about who scored, not worry about who got the most shots, not just literally worry about our togetherness and I, and, and I can say the last um, two years we have definitely had um, kids as excited as the starters for them players yeah. and, and and that would be a big difference, you know those last two years and of kids buying into that. And I think that separated us a little bit in mm-hmm. in the last two years.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, you, you brought up a couple of kids that that you you were fortunate to have within your system there, mm-hmm. uh, Molly Joyce, which is a tremendous point guard uh, down at Truman State, and then of course Audie Crooks uh, now down starting for for Coach Fenley down at Iowa State. Uh, you know how? And again, great coaches need great players; they go hand in hand uh, w- without a doubt but what was the growth process with, with those two kids in particular over those four years? And, and, and what are some ways that obviously you help them grow as players, putting the ball in the basket, their skill level, so forth and so on, but, but growing as leaders and and growing and, and helping you sell that message to everybody else in the locker room.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, we, they are both phenomenal players. Um, outstanding players that are having great college starts to their careers in in, as freshmen, you know, I mean, and, and, and they are both really good, um, leaders off of the floor. You know, I mean, they're both good teammates. They're both great locker room people a lot, you know, and, you know, the growth of them to, from their freshman, sophomore year to their junior, senior year was huge, just Mentally, you know, just mentally being able to fight through um, fatigue, fight through, you know, a long grinding season, fight through some nights not playing your best. I mean, we um, those players were um, very huge on us, not just of the points they scored or the rebounds they got. Uh, you know, they did a lot of little things for our team. You know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, um, not worrying about making the shot other than taking the right shot, you yeah. know, and, and not letting an off night affect you on the court. You know, we 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 talk in practice about, you know, say you get, how long does it take you to take a shot? And, you know, I mean, they're like two two seconds to shoot the ball. Okay. Yep. Well, say you get 10, 10 shots at night. I mean, we are, uh, you know, not that much time in the game on just worried about you missing shots. How can you affect the game in the other 31 minutes of the game? Mm-hmm. You know, that um, uh, instead of worrying about you not making that shot that night, you know, yeah. or you turning the ball over one time, well, it's one possession, or you yeah. not getting that mm-hmm. rebound, uh, that putback that we should have had. Well, forget about that. Mm-hmm. For, worry about the other 31 minutes of the game, you um, they you know that you do and uh, they did such a phenomenal job of that the, the last two years of just um really staying to the grindstone they they each had their off nights during during the last two years and they didn't let them you know they they, they adjusted their game they they stayed downhill they stayed the, the mentality and just terrific competitors that uh, that uh, are making Truman State and Iowa State uh, very happy right now.
0: What uh, what was uh, for you? What was the process with with Audie and 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 her recruitment? And you know, how do you how do you keep you know the main thing, the main thing, so to speak, within the within the program? You know, obviously, she got a lot of attention, especially being a homegrown kid and and a, and a top fifty recruit. Uh, you know, how 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 was you know how did you? keep the, the the mission statement still on hey we got to worry about the golden bears here and and garrick and Garrigan basketball and not get too caught up in this phone call from this coach or this this school visit from whomever you know what what was that process like for you
1: well you know it was it's obvious it it's different having you know the the previous two years we'd have a division coach either at our practice or in our gym a division 1 coach at least a time a week, usually, yeah. you know, so that, that's a little different to keep the focus when, I mean, you're seeing uh, Bill Finley and his staff, you know, coming to your practices and, you know, uh, coming to your games and, you know, University of Arizona and Iowa and Maryland and, you know, all of them, Minnesota and all of them coming each week. You know, we we didn't talk a lot about that as a team it uh-huh. was just it was what it was, yeah. and we were lucky that Audie was so mature beyond her age uh-huh. that she handled that so well. Uh-huh. You know, we didn't we didn't come and talk in practice of, hey, Iowa State's going to be here tonight. We really need to play well. We never talked like that. We it was sure. this is a basketball game, and Audie never we never talked about the colleges or her recruitment process with the team. Obviously, yeah. Audie and I did individually, and you know. Molly and I did individually, but we left that completely outside of our basketball team. You know, yeah. we, and, and both of them kids through that process were 100% focused on nothing but their high school team. Yeah. And, and you have heard interviews of Audie and stuff um, and Molly in high school of, you know, they always about the recruiting process and, and they always came back to their most important thing was Bishop Garrigan and their basketball team in high school college will be there when it's there and they really focused on nothing but bishop garrigan you know Mm -hmm. i mean she could Audie could have taken more um visits you know to the east coast west coast official visits to these campuses but she didn't during the winter months during our basketball season it was when basketball started it was basketball Mm -hmm. you know i'd have coaches call me you know and say hey i'd like to get in contact with Audie and You know, I call Audie and she's like, it's game, it's game day, it's game week. I'm not talking to them right now. If they want to talk to me, it's going to be a Sunday night phone call. I'm all into, um, you know, we've got a big game this week. We're preparing for this. And we just really kind of left that outside of our team.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's, and that's a really, like you said, Coach, that's a really, really mature way of of looking at that. And it's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to do. And it sounds like she really handled things the right way, both her and Molly.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. They put Garrigan and, and her teammates first. And, you know, I think that's what any Division One coach would want uh, out of their player. Mm-hmm. But they understand when they're a part of that team, that is their team now. Mm-hmm. You know, and both of them are doing that to their teams at uh, – uh, Iowa State and Truman right now, of, now that's their team, that that's their number one, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, they're going to give everything to those teammates like they gave to Bishop Garrigan and, and, our, and, and me during high school.
0: Mm-hmm. Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Well, Coach, let's let's transition here a little bit. Uh, as you well know, we're, we're going to throw out the John Wooden quote of the day here. Um, now, I truth be told, I, I left my Wooden book in my classroom and, uh, and and we didn't have any practices yesterday or today, so I had to kind of Google this week's Wooden quote. Uh, so it is not directly from, or I, I, it's from the book, but I don't know what page it is on. Uh, so I can't give you the page, but I can assure you it is from Wooden, A Lifetime of Observation. So, Brandon, are you ready for the John Wooden quote of the day? I'm ready. All right. Uh, from, it's, I don't know, from the book, I can't give you the page this week. So here is the John Wooden quote of the day. Being a role model is the most powerful form of educating. Too often, fathers or parents neglect it because they get so caught up in making a living, they forget to make a life. That's a great quote. Yeah, what do you got for me, man?
1: Well, I mean, um, yeah, there's there's a lot to be said about uh, that, that sometimes coaches get, you know, and I, myself included, get caught up a little bit in the uh, you know, the winning and losing, the preparation, the X's and O's. And uh, you know, throughout my basketball coaching career, there's been years that I've gotten too caught up into just the winning and losing and not the building the relationship with the kids. Yeah. You know, I've I've tried to change that as I have gotten, you know, older. With, with my teams, you know, I, I have a very good relationship, you know, off the court with a lot of my players. You know, I still talk weekly with Audie and Molly and, um, Kay, you know, texting Kaylin Myers, who's at Grandview playing basketball. And, you know, kids come back to our gym and, you know, some of the most rewarding things when you see players want to come back to watch the team, even if they've been out 10 years. And, you know, they come and give you a hug and say, hi, coach, you know, and they're still calling you coach after, and they're 25-year-old grown women now, you know, and, uh, you know, I guess that makes you feel that, you know, you built a relationship outside of X's and O's, you know, and I haven't done that with all of my teams. I've tried as I've gotten. It's hard when you're younger to think about that as a coach rather than just thinking about how am I going to win and lose, you know, and, you know, the best teams we've had um, throughout my 25 years of of coaching basketball um you look back and the best teams we had is you know the the close relationship groups that uh, you know i built relationships off the court with with Mm -hmm. with players and you know um you know send they i still get texts from players from 20 years ago hey watch your team play last night looking really good i still see you you know Running that set we used to run back when I played, you know, and you know, kind of cool hearing that from you know old players and uh, um, you know, knowing that we had a little closeless relationship, and they still think about their high school experience, you know, even though they're they're old and and past their playing days.
0: Yeah, you know, I I think that uh, I I, li- I really like what you you said there about the balance, and and in this case, you know, we we're talking about parents who you know. Or maybe you know, I think the quote is probably more aimed at the the parent who is seeking out the almighty dollar or or chasing that career goal, and and they're not taking care of business at home. And I, I you know, with, with us as as coaches, I, I know that sometimes that that balance can get really askew. And I and I I, I agree with you. I definitely think I had times uh, as much as I I knew it wasn't the right thing to do. Uh, you get caught up in it. You you get. Uh, maybe you're frustrated because you feel like you should be better. So if you feel like you should watch more film or do this or do that, and it is, it is such a fine line that we, that we ride as, as coaches and as parents and, and the role models that we are. And, and we, we have to keep in mind that our, our biggest responsibility is making sure that above everything else, win or lose that, that we do things the right way. And, and and that's where that quote kind of hits home with me as well. So,
1: yeah, yep, you hit it right on the head there. Yeah, we we've we definitely we've got to worry about uh, you've got to find time to worry about the player as a player, not just uh, at, or the player as a person, not just the player as a as a player. Yeah. You know, you um, uh, any good player is only going to play as good as they feel, play as good as uh, they. Uh, you know they trust you, and you know I, I've always felt if if you show them you care outside of the court, they're going to show you, you they care on the court. You know, and uh, you know, and, and uh, we've been able to uh, develop that uh, in a program at Garrigan so far. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, let's get into your program a little bit here. Let's let's talk about practice. Not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Sorry, my uh, channeling my best Allen Iverson there. So uh, Iverson, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Brandon, let's talk a little bit about how you set up practices. And again, you're kind of in a unique situation where uh, you, you had two all-staters, uh, a Division One player, Division Two player, uh, and and but but you're still at a smaller school. Uh, there, you probably uh, there there was some big differences in your talent levels and and different things like that. You know, one of, one of the things that uh, I think it's is sometimes important uh, for coaches to do when, when you have that high end talent how do you continue to make practices competitive and 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 to challenge your higher end players but also uh, make sure your your younger players get quality reps and and things like that so uh, at this point Brandon you kind of know how it goes here I'm gonna let you cook and and uh, I'll try to interrupt very politely when I do interrupt uh, but tell us how you got practices set up there uh, at garrigan and and uh, everything that went into it and, and how you put things together
1: well we We try to make practices enjoyable for the kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, they're not always that way, but I try to design practices that they don't feel like they're there in the gym for two hours or Mm -hmm. an hour and a half, whatever we go, that there's a direct purpose to why we're there. You know, our practices start every day with music going. We have in the gym, we go music going during our, shoot around at the beginning and um you know um players talking and stuff time which i i think is important i think as a high school uh player when they come into the gym they need that 10 minutes of time of just um Mm -hmm. talking with their with their friends you know i i cruise around the gym talk to them about how their day was going we've got music going we get into our stretches You know, we get into our team talk, and then we go right into full-court drills, whether that's a three-on-three full-court, whether that's um, five-man weave, however that full-court drills, we do them with music blaring. You know, it's competitive. We keep score. We, um, you know, have that going. So we'll do the first, you know, 20 minutes of practice, nothing but just full-court competitive, three-on-three, three-on-two, transition drills that uh, you know and the kids have got their their music going what they like to listen to you know and then we get into a bunch of shooting we shoot the ball a lot you know after that we get into you know probably about 25 minutes worth of nothing but shooting drills and we'll just bounce with music going from shooting mm-hmm. drill to shooting drill and get a ton of shots up you know we've we've been a Pretty good shooting team at garrigan and I don't think it comes by a secret. It it comes by we shoot the ball a lot, and you know I think people sometimes get caught up into just running offenses and stuff. We still got to develop basketball players, and if you want them to hit shots on Tuesdays, Fridays, you're going to need to spend some time with shooting because not every kid shoots year round. Yeah, and so you know that that whole that whole start of practice is the first forty five minutes of you know, music going, shots going, three on two transition stuff, Um, you know, and then then we break down um, once we get into our team stuff, shut the music down, you know, we'll go post guards and we'll work with our posts and guards and then, you know, we'll work our um, defense for, you know, 15, 20 minutes of whatever we've got to work on that day. We do a lot of three on three defense with that. we incorporate closeouts and how we defend a ball screen, you know, how we're to defend the post and uh how that switches up and uh you know we work offensively and defensively into that and uh you know and then we we usually go I try to at least three times a week we go we call it ODO offense defense offense and we we'll, you know now this is a part of the season that we have a lot of our offense in we have a lot of our defense in and you know we'll just start with the team on offense and uh, You know, and whether we go our first group, whether we kind of split the groups, um, I'll call out what we are on offense, whatever happens, that possession, we're getting back on defense and then we're transitioning back to offense and then we stop and I don't stop them while they're doing that, uh, you know, that down and back and then we'll stop and talk about, you know, or, or adjust what we didn't do right, what we need to look for differently here. You know, are we getting our outlet far enough uh, off of a make um, are, are we working on our press off of that and uh, you know we just kind of break it down there and then usually end the practice with sometimes a you know a fun shooting drill that ends with the winner makes a half court shot or something like that to keep it pretty energy packed uh, throughout, our, throughout our time I don't preseason we go two hours for practice <clears throat> after Christmas there won't be an after Christmas practice we go more than 90 minutes mm-hmm. you know we're about an hour and th- Hour and forty, hour and forty-five. Right now, after Christmas, I like to get to you know hour and a half. We're out of there yeah. uh, because um, we're just trying to stay crisp. We're trying to stay healthy. We're trying to keep our legs under us. So we've we've, we've got uh, um, games where we're fresh.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, with with Molly and and Adi and, and a couple of the other kids that you've had, uh, you know when you're when you're doing like ODO or or. Uh, any any sort of three on three, four on four, five or five, you know, what are some ways that that you guys kept things as competitive as 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 you could, while also letting those kids kind of, you know, uh, you, you got to let your best players make plays too.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, and we Audie and Molly rarely in any type of situation of full court drills were ever on the same team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just weren't. I mean, if you put them both on the same team in practice, (laughs) that's going to be pretty lopsided, you know. Uh, So they were rarely on the same team. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and we would do different things, you know, we would do different things of splitting them up depending on, you know, if I saw Molly was struggling, you know, with um, her shot selection or not getting enough shots, I'd put her team as – probably our lower-end players and Molly on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'd be like, let's get Molly going here. you know. And, and Molly would see who her teammates were and understood that she was the main scorer. And if I wanted to get her going, I mean, I'd make sure to put her on that team that she had to get going. I'd force the issue to get going. Or, you know, if Audie wasn't uh, demanding the ball in the post, I'd put her with some players that necessarily weren't great offensively And so she had to demand the ball to stay in the game, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, and uh, we did that a lot of just um, switching it up and, you know, trying to challenge them individual players by just making the teams where they had to perform at a level they needed to, mm. you know, um, to, to, make it competitive and we keep scoring in no way. Did Audi ever want to lose to Molly and no way did Molly ever want to lose to Audi in any <laughs> competition that we had. So yeah. you would get the best out of those kids because they wanted to win and they'd be, um, talking smack back and forth to each other. And, uh, you know, on who won and you know, it was, it, it was, it was a fun battle to watch daily. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, how? Uh, what are some things that you've set up things here in the off-season as well to, to kind of make your, your practices as efficient as they have been?
1: You know, we, our off-season typically, you know, when the season gets done, I individually meet with every girl in my program, including the incoming next year's freshmen and the exiting seniors. You know, I, I meet with them all individually, and, uh, and I want to hear from our exiting seniors Kind of, you know, what would you change? You're done now. What what are some things that you would change in the program if you could do it again? What are some practice things that you liked and what you didn't like? Um, how how about preparation? I want to hear that stuff. You know, I mean, sitting down talking to seniors that leave of just like, you know, I really liked when he did this. I hated when we didn't when we did this stuff. You know, so I know that the stuff that they just dreaded doing. That's that's immediately off of my practice plan for the next year. If mm-hmm. it was something that uh, they did not look forward to, it's off. I mean, I don't care if it was useful or not. I got to find a different way to teach that, a different way to coach that, that they enjoy that. You know, with my returning players and incoming, you know, I give them, okay, are you playing AAU this off season? Um, where do you see yourself, and what are your goals individually for the next season? So. Um, You know, if I have a player that's telling me she wants to be a starter for our team next year or what things are you going to do in this in the next nine months to show and improve to be a starter? Yeah, because you're not going to be able to just not pick a basketball up, come to half of my workouts, not get in the weight room and then reach your goal. Mm -hmm. So. I lay it straight out for him that here's what I need you to do to be able to have a chance to be in that role. Yeah, there are no guarantees in basketball. But if you even want a chance, here are the things that you have to do to have a chance to be a starter for me next year. And And, you know, when we've had kids, we've had kids that say they want to be a starter, and it didn't work out for them to be a starter, Mm -hmm. and they busted their butt for nine months of working and and they they ended up not being a starter but they would have never had that chance if they didn't do it yeah. you know and uh you know we meet with them players during the summer we practice two days a week for you know an hour and a half tuesdays and thursdays we practice the kids lift mondays and wednesdays and we practice tuesday thursday we play on a weekend league that uh, we get uh, three games uh each weekend and then uh we get into team camps in the. We go to two team camps in July where um, uh, we stay overnight and and get ourselves six to nine games at a team camp and um, JV and varsity. I, I try to take all my team camps. We take a JV team and a varsity team too, so everyone in our program, um, including the incoming freshmen, have a chance to play. You know, and they're all invited to that. Everybody's invited. I. I don't care if you've never played varsity or high school before you're invited to come and we want to give you minutes. And then, you know, then when we get done with our last team camp before the dead week uh, in July, I give them, you know, pretty much a month and a half off of nothing. They get into their fall sports, whether that's, you know, volleyball, cross country, we have some cheerleaders. um, uh, I I leave them alone. They need that time off. I, I need, I want them to come into my season fresh and hungry to play basketball not burnt out so i leave them alone for a month and a half and then we get into a fall league over in grettinger iowa and uh, those kids go and obviously i can't coach it but they go and play and we have some parents coach them and um, we don't practice for it or anything it's just on the weekend we get together and whoever wants to play nine through twelve is invited to play i mean we don't break it up on you're not going to be a varsity player. You're not invited. Nope, you're invited. If you yeah. want to come, I can't guarantee what minutes you're going to get, but you are welcome to come, sit the bench with us. We'll give you everything you can, and, and we get into our season. You,
0: you, uh, you talked about those transparent conversations uh, where, where you've just got to kind of lay it out straight to the kids. How important uh, – I, I think those are so vital. You, you had talked <clears throat> about earlier in the pod about – you know, building that, that culture and, and, you know, putting everything towards the team the last couple of years and things like that. And I would think a big role for you as as a head coach is having those transparent conversations so that there is no communication gap or a misunderstanding of role or the expectations or things like that. I mean, that was probably a piece that played into your success as well, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, we, like I said, we need, Right after the season, and then at our last team camp that we stay, um, that last day of team camp, I individually, in between games, I call each kid up, and we individually talk about where I see them mm-hmm. next season. Mm-hmm. And so there's no secret of what where Coach Schwab sees you. So if I've got a player that tells me, I, I ask them where they see themselves, and then I tell them where I see them. And I've had players tell me I'm going to be a starter um, in November for this team. And I have to tell them at that moment, I have you pegged at number nine in our rotation right now. I have these players in front of you. And if you want to close that gap, you're going to have to find some time to improve your game, get better from end of July to November if you want to close that gap, but this is where I have you. And, you know, sometimes those conversations go very well. Sometimes, you know, it's a it's a wide open or a, an awakening for those kids on where they're at, because there's no question in any program, every kid wants to play varsity basketball, I would think. Yep. Every kid wants to be in a rotation and and be able to play varsity and hear their name announced in a starting lineup. There, there's no doubt about that, but I think by letting them know throughout the you know year of where I see them and what they need to work on, it, it's when it happens in November. They were kind of aware of what was coming in for them. You know, they, they kind of were aware of. Okay, coach had me at nine to end the summer. Um, I, I, I'm probably not going to start for this team, so there's not that bubble of uh, getting burst. When it happens in November, uh-huh. you don't have that um, parent upset. You don't have that kid upset because they find out in November. Yeah. They have their fall to either get over that, get better, and come, and come in. But you've, you've got that three 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 and a half months span of them either getting over it or understanding where they're at in their role on the team.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that... I've always believed those conversations, nobody looks forward to those when you have to give a kid bad news, but I would much rather be uncomfortable for 10 minutes than be uncomfortable for three and a half months. And that's that. I think that's, that is, that is the, uh, the way that if, if you're, if you're uncomfortable with those type of conversations as a coach, that's the way you have to think of it because if you don't address it, it's it's not going to get any better. It's only going to get worse if, if you don't address it.
1: No, dancing around it, you know, if you know what's going to happen and you kind of know at the end of the summer who your top seven or eight are, if you just keep 9, 10, 11, 12 guessing, um, it, it's, it's, it's going to be hard to put that team together. Not saying that 9, 10, 11, 12 aren't as important as our top eight, I'm just saying it, it helps your locker room. It helps your team understand their roles and understand um, um, where we're happening before it happens, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really come into the season dealing with um, who's, and there's always surprises, you know, there's yep. I've had years that I have said a girl is probably number 10 in my rotation. It gets to the season and she works her way into number six yep. and she surprises the heck out of me. Yep. And I, and, and I always tell them that can happen. Yep. If I'm wrong in our last meeting, then prove me wrong. Yep. And I have been proved wrong before by players. And I'm more than happy if I'm proved wrong to I tell that kid, hey, you proved me wrong. Mm-hmm. You're right. You you deserve that number six or that starting position. You earned that. Mm-hmm. I was wrong with my evaluation of you. But that's what I thought at the time. And, and I tell them kids that, you know, you proved me wrong. Yep. I was wrong. And prove me wrong and, and and that's a good conversation to have with a kid when when they show you that uh, and they end up getting to that position they want to be in um and proving you're wrong that's a neat conversation to have with a kid
0: mm-hmm. coaches you know just as well as i do that we're always looking for new and different ways to motivate our players and programs but sometimes it's hard to find that perfect source that we're looking for over the past 25 years, I've collected hundreds of handouts to help motivate my players and programs, and now I'd like to share some of my favorites with you. The A pen and a Napkin 101 Best Handouts Booklet is now available for you, to you for only $15. In this booklet, you'll find motivational material for all types of situations and individuals to help you communicate your values to your players and program. For ordering information, you can either DM me on Twitter or email me at a pen and a napkin at @gmail.com for details. Brandon, you want to talk a little half court offense, you want to talk a little half court defense.
1: Uh, I guess it, it really doesn't matter to me. Uh, I I mean, we can uh,
0: Hey, you're we, the guest. I get to do you. this every week, man. What do you want to talk about? So,
1: well, let's, let's jump into half court offense All to
0: right. start with. All right. Uh, um, yeah, let it rip here. T- tell us about your offensive philosophy, your half court. Are, are you a motion guy? Are you a, uh, you run a lot of sets? Uh, are you a pattern offense uh, person? Is, is it the same stuff pretty much every year, little tweaks? You know, what? what's your overall offensive philosophy, coach?
1: Well, I'm not a huge set guy. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have sets in. I don't like to control. Um, the game and take it out of a flow um and some guys are really good at seeing a flow and being able to call a set each time down and and uh execute that and keep the game in the flow i've just never been you know that i i've wanted to get them that there's a flow to the game that there's back and forth and you know there's some nights that's I I feel sometimes I call too much stuff, and I'll say that to the team after the game. I felt I called way too much stuff tonight, you guys. I got to let you guys play. You guys uh, work year round to just play the game, and I'm making you be robots, and I hate doing that, you know? So, you know, we we come up, we're we're kind of a motion freelance offense with rules, and uh, then we've got our high low game. And I really fell in love with a high-low game, especially if you have a post player, just because it naturally takes weak side help out of the equation. Yeah, You know, so um, I love, uh, we run Bill Self's Kansas offense. We run, uh, you know, uh, Fresno women's basketball high-low offense. And uh, I just really fell in love with the high-low game just because, you know, it just takes the, the weak side help out of it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it forces a collapse. If you have a good post player like we have had good post players and going to continue to have good post players, um, it forces that collapse from the guard, which then you can get a kick out open shot. So, I mean, I have just fell in love with the uh, any type of high-low offense that we can – uh, do that if you watch my teams before you'll you, you'll see our high-low offense and uh you know teams do better each year of scouting it and stopping it and understanding how to stop it so um um but yeah high-low offense and then we do freelance motion that's you know able to uh, we call it cyclone that the, the, we give some kids some freedom to play four out one in or sometimes five out with just some basic rules of just you know pass and cut pass and screen away pass and flare screen, um, but don't do the same thing twice, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just letting them um, play the game without, uh, you know, with good spacing and uh, good ball reversals. And, uh, uh, um, yeah, that's kind of what we do offensively.
0: How much of that uh, is developed in in practice and, and how much of that is, is, you know, how do you uh, – because I think one of the biggest things, one of the hardest things to do as a girls' basketball coach – is a lot of times and this is this is you know uh, kind of it, it things are are much better and right now i'm i'm in a great situation where we have a lot of kids that just know how to play and but we've also worked hard with our kids of okay when when the defense plays you like this this is how you you cut you know uh when, when they're like this this is the cut that you take and when you you when you see your partner cut this way, then then this is your reaction, and this is the space that you need to pop to, or whatever it may be. Uh, you know how how much, you know how much of that is is teaching, and how much of that is uh, just natural instincts and and the stuff that the kids have developed through playing more, playing some AAU, that type of thing.
1: You know, I think a lot of it is kids playing more Mm -hmm. and and understanding how to play the game the right way. You know, we are fortunate. I mean, that girls basketball at Bishop Garrigan is a priority. Mm -hmm. It's a priority to our players. um, And we have a lot of kids, um, fourth grade through 12th grade that play AAU. And for a small 1A school, um, when you're getting, you know, out of them grades, you know, 20 plus players, throughout your program, 4th through twelve, playing AAU year-round, kids naturally get better. And and I think also the kids that don't play it, they learn how to play the game better when it gets to their season in 4th and 5th grade because they're seeing their player that puts time in and they're able to learn from them from not, you know, even though they don't play AAU. But, you know, AAU has been a big big thing uh, in our program and you know you can fight it you know i mean i i i took the philosophy of you know i need to work with my aau coaches you know i want to have a good relationship with them i want them to go play for them i want and and our aau coaches want them to never miss anything Oh, that I do. I don't want them to miss anything that they do. So, I mean, we talk and and work together about, hey, what weekends do you want to do team camp? Hey, what's your big AAU weekend that I won't schedule something there so these kids can go? Yeah. You know, and I, I think that is just naturally got our program better because we have more kids putting time in and getting coached by different coaches. You mm-hmm. know, I I love that. You know, we have AAU players that get coached a different way than I coach them, you mm-hmm. know, or getting told things that maybe I'm not telling them or uh, and and we've just seen that constant improvement of our program because of that, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and they see things through a different lens, uh, you know, yeah. you, you, something that you may not notice about their game. Uh, they do or vice versa. And I think that, like you said, it, it just it just helps the kids get better, don't you think?
1: yeah without a doubt i mean i um uh, i love that uh, you know like i said they see in a different way different lens and you know uh, there's a lot of good aau coaches out there and a lot of good coaches that uh, you know might see something in their game that i'm not or developing um something that i'm not i mean we have we have um an aau coach that coaches a lot of our our kids right now um for play for him that uh, you know he he's e- he's emailing me um after the season gets done what what do you want developed out of these players that oh, play for me that's Do you see right this there. girl it, do you see this girl as a 2 or a 1 next year and what are some things areas you want me to focus on to get her better and we email back and forth and we talk about that and how she's doing you know and and what role she's going to play on my team and he develops his program to get them players the way I need them for my season and and having that relationship and talking with him um all the time about that is 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 great Jeremy does a great job at play for him and uh and we've got a great working relationship with each other
0: boy that's 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 pretty rare, Brandon. You're really I hope you realize how lucky you are to have that type of working relationship with with somebody because that 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 doesn't happen very often in in our in our little coaching world. So, man, run with you know run with that, buddy. Run with that. <laughs> Keep yeah. it. So,
1: oh, no doubt I I I know I'm lucky because of that because I've heard horror stories of other ways it's went to and and I don't ever want to be in that position or put a kid in a position that in the off season they need to choose between me or uh or their teammates in aau or i don't want you know i don't want anything that you know an aau coach saying i don't know why your coach doesn't do this that's a bad relationship you know if a player is hearing from their aau coach during your season of why doesn't your coach do this i don't ever want to get into that um of of that we all have different philosophies we're all should be about getting kids better. And if kids want to put time in, um, I mean, it takes, it takes an army to, 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 to get kids better. And you just can't be selfish and be like, well, I'm their basketball coach in high school. I don't want to be that way. I want to be like, okay, how do we get this kid the best we can? Let's work together on getting this kid as best as we can. And, and, and we'll all have success then.
0: Yep. Uh, Let's let's uh let's bring it home here, Brandon. Let's talk a little defense. Your defensive philosophy. Uh, I, I'm sure it's changed now that you uh, don't have a six-three or six-four post player down there to, to patrol the paint and and protect the rim uh the, the way that Adi has the last few years. So uh you know what's what's the evolution of your defensive philosophy? What do you guys like to do there, at Garrigan, to to, to prevent teams from scoring, hopefully?
1: Well, you know, we put a lot of emphasis on defense, and we put a lot of emphasis on talking. I mean, if you watch our teams play, um, you will notice right away the communication of five players on the floor. and And I think that's what makes us tough defensively is our kids know that that is the point of emphasis of our team. and um, they know if they want to play varsity basketball, They have to communicate on the floor defensively. And that is, if you're not talking, and we say it all the time, if you're not talking on the defensive end, you are not playing defense. And I do not care if you are in the perfect position, if that mouth is not open on, I've got first pass, I've got screen left, screen left, um, I've got your front and the post, I've got three-quarter, I've got your help. If you're not saying those things, I don't care what position you're in, you're not playing defense. And kids have bought into, you know, you know that we are a very as a program. I'm not 100 percent man or 100 percent zone uh, coach. I've never been. I like to find a good balance because, Mm -hmm. you know, you've coached long enough that, you know, some nights your man is is getting shredded and you don't have time to go to practice and fix the things that that other team is absolutely dissecting your. Your man defense um and fix that during the game so i like to be well-rounded i like to um be able to go into a game with multiple game plans of of you know i love playing man it's not always the best for our team or the best how to stop the other team so we you know we we play man to man we play two three zone we play three two zone and Mm -hmm. and we work all three of them in practice all the time because I don't know how it's going to look that night. Yeah, I don't know. You know, the other team could just dissect what you're doing, and you've got to adjust, and you don't have time to go to practice to adjust. Yeah, so you've got to do something else to you know keep your team defensively into the game. So I, I, I really wouldn't say I'm I'm a one. I just do this. I I'm going to do what it takes to win, and, and if that's a two-three zone all the time, if that's a three-two, if that's man, if that's that night asks of that, that's what I'm going to give it that night, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I always say, you know, you come in uh, defensively with a with a plan A, and if, you know, you need to have a plan B, and you really need to think about having a plan C as well. Now, if you go through A, B, and C, at that point it probably doesn't matter what D is because <laughs> you're probably in a lot of no. trouble anyway, you know, but uh, I, I've never uh, – I'm the type of, of coach as well who – uh, you know, we can't uh, we can't just do this one thing. And this is all that we do, and, and that's this is just who we are, and this is what we do. I, I especially on defense, you I, I really feel like you've got to be uh, a little more varied. Uh, you've got to have multiple options because, like you said, you're going to have certain matchups that man we we just can't man this team for whatever reason we got to we got to get into a zone and try to slow it down or whatever it may be uh offense a little bit different because that's more timing and and sharing the ball and a little bit maybe a little bit more patterned if you will but uh defensively i think you got to have multiple looks in order to to get yourself ready to go and and to like you said cover up what you need to do and and to uh really attack your opponent's weaknesses as well Uh, sometimes your strength is also their strength and their strength is just better than your strength. You you might be good at it, but they're great at it. And, and so if you just have that one thing, you're in trouble that night as well. Is that part of your thinking as well, Brandon?
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, and we've even started in practices the last, I would say three years, we work on our junk defense also, because Mm -hmm. there, there are some nights you play a team and they got a kid that's just growling and, and there is nothing your zone, your man is doing about it. I mean, and, and we start working, you know, uh, a 31 chase or a, uh, a box and one or a triangle and one or a triangle and two, you know, we work them in practice because I felt every time I needed to go to that during a game, you know, it was a draw up on a, dry race board of rotations yeah. and expect my kids to execute what they just had me draw up in a 60 second timeout and then be upset that they don't execute <laughs> something that I just drew on a board. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we work that junk defense also in practice because we haven't yet this season through six games used any of it one time, but maybe we will sometime and I want our kids comfortable in that, thing Okay, we're going thirty-one chase right now, and they know. Yep, I know the rotations. I'm perfect. I've got number eleven, and uh you know, and and we can make that switch by just not drawing it up. That we went through that. So I like to have a lot of different things in that kids could work on because, uh, or that we can go to in a game to to change because you never know you're playing that team and they got a player that's just really stroking it that night, and mm. uh, you've got to make an adjustment and do something and nothing you're doing is working have something else you know
0: mm-hmm. yep absolutely great place to leave it brandon great stuff here this week uh if, if folks want to know more about you or, or your program how can how can they find out about it
1: you know uh we we've got uh our our twitter handle uh VG basketball you know i mean um or uh i think it is if you twitter us there i you know, I try to put some highlights there. I kind of put, you know, how practices are going there. And, uh, you know, I, I communicate there. You know, any time any coach wants to talk basketball or anything, uh, they can get a hold of me at uh, – you know, uh, through email or, or my phone number and, uh, through Bishop Garrigan is Schwab B at bishop org. And anytime anyone wants to talk basketball, I love doing it. I mean, it's a, it's an absolute passion of mine. I, I love, I love being around the game. I love talking the game. I love learning new things about the game. And, uh, you know, uh, um, so anytime he wants to reach out, I'd love to talk to him.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a great conversation, Brandon, uh, I'm uh, finally glad to to get you on the podcast here, and and I uh, I hope you've enjoyed your time on on a pen and a napkin here.
1: Well, I really appreciate you having me. Uh, it's just like sitting down and talking basketball with somebody, and uh, and and I really enjoy your insights, and I really enjoy your podcasts, and uh, I listen to a lot of them, and 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 you've had a lot of good coaches on there that. Uh, Uh, i've taken a few things from so uh really appreciate you having me on and really enjoyed tonight
0: yeah we didn't even you didn't even have to be in the uh, the cab of the combine here on this one so (laughs) that that's even better (laughs) so uh well hey i'm gonna wrap up a couple things here uh again want to thank brandon schwab uh, the head girls basketball coach at Bishop Garrigan High School has got a terrific program there in north central Iowa uh, and, and uh, just done some really, really good things. So uh, check, check his stuff out. Uh, Want to thank our founding sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic here. Uh, again, if, you, if you're in need of, of any services, don't hesitate to reach out to Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi. Uh, Follow us on Twitter, at a pen and a napkin. Uh, Been a little sluggish, a little slow this last week or so. It's been a little bit crazy. A lot of teaching, a lot of projects. What kind of knucklehead gives a bunch of projects in the middle of basketball season? Well, that knucklehead is me. So, uh, been busy with doing that type of stuff. So, haven't been able to put as much on the Twitter, but we'll get back to it. Again, download, rate, review, give us five stars uh, for this and every other podcast that we do. And then, of course, email me if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. It's been a a terrific discussion here uh, with Coach Schwab here at uh, at Bishop Garrigan. Hope you folks have enjoyed it. I know I definitely have. So, coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.